Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 64 of Robots on Typewriters. Episode 64? That's a computer thing. Yeah, that's like two to the fifth, fifth, sixth? Fifth, sixth. The fifth, the, the fifth, sixth. Yeah. Two to the 56th is 64. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we, we took math class. Uh-huh. Yeah, 64 bits in this spot. Robot on typewriters. What is robots on typewriters? I'm glad you asked yourself. Me too, but I think it's my turn to answer, actually. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, robots on Typewriters is a podcast all about computational creativity using algorithms, random generation, artificial intelligence, all yeah. that stuff <laughs> to, to do creative things, to help people make creative content of their own or to make stuff that had a human made it, we would say, hey. That's kind of creative. On Robots on Typewriters, we have two segments, the first of which is the Zesty Hat. In the Zesty Hat, we like to highlight some computational creativity from around the web. And in our second segment, the Trashy Toy, we like to use some of the tools and toys from around the web to play a game. Both of these segments, we don't mention enough, were named by a random generator. Yeah, we don't mention that enough. We might sound like that complete must be, idiots. Yeah. That's like a high barrier to entry. If it you've really started fresh and you're like, what is a zesty hat? And why is it a zesty hat? Yeah, that don't blame us. Blame a random list months ago. Don't blame year us. Ago. A year ago. Yeah, well over a year ago. One year ago today. Two One? to the fifth. Two, two to the six, sixty-four weeks. That's fourth, how many weeks are fifth, in a year in computer world. <laughs> anyway, this week it's my turn to present the zesty hat, and this zesty hat, like so many others in the course of this podcast, was brought to our attention by Janelle Shane's fantastic blog AIWeirdness.com. This week's zesty hat is Grover, a state-of-the-art defense against neural fake news. Grover is a project developed by the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence, AI Squared, at the University of Washington. It is uh, made by the same lab that brought you that green AI paper that I highlighted a couple weeks ago. Uh, This is a site that, or this is a uh, tool that is built on neural net technology. I think it's built on the language model BERT, and thus the name Grover. Grover's a Muppet, BERT's a Muppet. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. It's also just <laughs> the hotness to call everything after... Uh, Muppets. After Muppets, it kind of is. <laughs> Bert and Grover, anyway. So Grover um, lets you generate fake news articles, given a headline, a title, um, a website, or it can be used to detect whether an article is made by a neural net Uh, And the site says that they have a 92% accuracy in telling apart human written from machine written news stories. Oh, shit. So this, I think the eventual outcome of Grover is to uh, help people spot when a news story wasn't written by a human. But right now it's uh, learning as it goes, I think. It's still kind of a prototype. So generating these fake news articles for fun. Um, helps it figure out how to spot real from fake. And I'll give you a couple of examples of fake news articles generated by Grover. 
Here's the one from Janelle Shane's blog. She says, Janelle Shane's new book, You Look Like a Thing and I Love You, named Book of the Century. Hmm. The article says, the poet, novelist, and critic Janelle Shane's debut collection, You Look Like a Thing and I Love You, was named Best Book of the Century by none other than the New York Times. Quote, a featureless masterpiece of tough-minded language, this book, also one of the finest collections of poetry in years, is an uncompromising command of form and fiendishly clever collection of hauntingly highbrow evocations, the reviewer wrote. The whole one-page listing of each selection is terrific, but here are the best lines that catapulted the collection into immortality. Quote, Doused in a dark violet, you drag along a long rainbow cloud, one that is as alive as it is as alive and wet as it is fascinating. Alive and unquote. wet. A featureless masterpiece of tough-minded language. Wow. <laughs> uh, it goes on a bit. Um, I generated one about our podcast uh, oh. out of interest. So this is Robots on Typewriters named Podcast of the Year. Oh, wow. Adam Conover, a senior lecturer at California State University at Fullerton and host of the popular weekly podcast Robots on Typewriters, won this year's <laughs> Politics and Philosophy Podcast of the Year Award, Isn't given a... by Pointer-owned National Catholic Reporter. Oh, God. Conover is a fellow of the Institute for Justice and Peace and a chair of the California Film Commission. In 2018, he and his co-host, Dan Silverman, sat down to recount mm. some of the year's hottest moments in Catholic thought. Oh, God. Uh, it also goes on to talk about other podcasty things, but it's it sounds somewhat at a glance like a real article. Is there any other guy named Adam Conover that isn't the guy that I'm thinking of? Like he was the guy from like uh, College Humor who did like Adam Ruins Everything. Yeah, that's that guy. Oh, OK. I didn't know for some if there was like a like researcher named Adam Conover that that thing was drawing on. Nah, I think it grabbed the word robots and then podcasts and, uh, you know, that would, that would it do it. It needed to connect it up somehow. Yeah, famed. Finally, I wanted though. to highlight one that uh, my colleague Diego and a listener to this podcast mm -hmm. uh, generated today that I thought's pretty kind of on brand for this podcast. Quote, that gay shit, unquote, <laughs> now considered problematic. <laughs> Oh, please. This continue. isn't a new problem, but it's not a problem we tend to think of in its in terms of social justice. Technically, that gay shit was a problematic issue in the pre Black Lives Matter and post Weinstein era. It's a problem we talk about, quote, in the media. It's a problem <laughs> we only recently began to attempt to understand in terms of actual agency and agency influence. Oh, very uh, good. Let me skip ahead because there's a really good paragraph in here down near the bottom. Things are certainly shifting, or should we say swimming, in a totally new direction. <laughs> in Berlin, it's not uncommon to find young white men performing oral sex on beautiful young men. <laughs> the, quote, this is like the modern lunatic asylum, said Moeller, 49, oh, no. an advertising executive in Berlin. Quote, I don't mind sex with beautiful, excited women, and even men that are very good at this. I just dislike <laughs> drunken men that treat you like a fucking animal with little respect or consideration. They oh are especially God. an annoying sight when you're entering the apartment in order to deal with some sort of project at a building. Unquote. <laughs> 
quote, we are far, far more slutty in some ways, unquote, says Alex Henderson, 24, an advertising worker in Berlin, quote, German women know how to lick. <laughs> oh, wow. That gay shit indeed. <laughs> that gay shit indeed. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, so those are all articles generated uh, entirely by Grover. You can go check out Grover at grover.allenai.org, or you can check out AI Weirdness for Janelle Shane's post that explains uh, a bit about how Grover works and gives some great examples from her own generations. And of course, it also uh, advertises Janelle's upcoming book, You Look Like a Thing and I Love You, which everyone should be pre-ordering. Yes, I have. Last time we talked I, about it, I had You read my mind. <laughs> you read my question. I did it. Very good. All right. Well, that takes us on into the Tarashi Toy uh, segment of the podcast where we play a game using some of these tools that we love so much. And uh, in the same vein as uh, fake news, we're gonna we're actually gonna incorporate Grover into our um, into our trashy toy here, the the Muppet, not the tool. I'm just kidding. We're not using All the right. All uh, right. Can you do an impression of Grover? I don't I even remember. I couldn't what Grover even fucking like. tell you what he sounds. Yeah. <laughs> to me, in my head, he sounds like Yoda. Is that true? I don't know. Um, we're going to, uh, we're actually going to, we're going to hop back to, to our, our new favorite tool that we just can't keep our hands off of, right with Transformer. And we're going to generate some, we're going to generate some fake news of our own, because uh, if we're not contributing fake news to the world, then what are we doing? Um, uh, so we, uh, what I've got here is a random lists uh, date generator. Um, what's a nice. good- Nice, we're going on a date with a random list. Of course, yeah, always, <laughs> um, after all this time. Um, <laughs> what What do you think is a good year to like, like, what's a good year span? Like, from today back to when? I I was uh, thinking like- Maybe like 1960. Okay, all right. I was thinking even- or we could do uh, just 160, which is what I've just typed in. You think there's some good... <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> when, is that when the New York Times first started yeah. publishing? Publi and that, that's when they first started publishing online. That's that's uh, that's when they... Yeah, that, that's why it would be a good year. That's how far back their online archive goes. New York Times, previously known as the Jerusalem Times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to uh, generate some random dates and then find uh, the some of the top headlines from that date in history. And feed them to Write with Transformer and see what kind of uh, news story we come out with. And then we're going to feed it back to Grover and see how well it detects it. It's really a shame that Grover is not called Cookie Monster because then it would be more fun to feed him. It would be fun to feed him. But, you know, I think it's perfectly fun to feed Grover, right? Who the fuck is Grover? What's his deal? What is... He's the blue one. Yeah, but like, what's his whole shtick? Does He's he have one? Blue. That's it? He's just blue? That's his bit? He's, you know, he's blue. Okay. Some One Muppet has to be the straight man, right? He, Grover's the straight man? I mean, Kermit I know isn't. literally nothing about the Muppets, so that's- Bert and Ernie are like a two-man act. Bert and Ernie are a Sesame Street. So someone needs to just be like a normal guy, right? Yeah, is yeah, I guess. I I'm just shocked that that that's Grover because I would not have thought that. I don't I'm I don't know anything about the Muppets. Apparently like, Grover ow. speaks without using contractions. What? Sounds like an asshole. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, he is. He has the key to the city of Bemidji, Minnesota. Is that like a big I character tell trait if you were, like, of his? Bowled over by that or what? <laughs> Is that like his big character trait? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he brags about it all the time. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I guess I get this guy now. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, actually, we've got a date here that's pretty recent. Um, well, let's see what was in the news on May second, twenty sixteen. Hmm. May of twenty sixteen. I bet. That was right before, like, the Republican primaries. The what? I mean, right after. It was right before the convention. So oh, we were yeah. still figuring out that it was going to be, like, Trump Hillary. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got from uh, theweek.com, Cruz slams, quote, mainstream media for counting him out in Indiana. Okay. And this, this actually gives us some blurb texts. So I'll take a little bit of that. Don't, don't mind if I do. Text in my life. All right. So here's the text that I got from uh, from from the internet. Cruz slams mainstream media for counting him out in Indiana. Ted Cruz criticized the mainstream media for counting him out in Indiana t- in Indiana's Tuesday primary, which is considered a must win for Cruz as a Republican frontrunner. Donald Tr- uh, as as Republican frontrunner Donald Trump gets closer to sealing the party's presidential nomination. Wow, that is. <laughs> chilling to read about in the indefinite (laughs) tense that's not a tense um all right so um then we've got uh right with transformer continued to say quote i'm not sure how you look at it ted but (laughs) wait i'm not sure you i'm not sure how you look at it Ted, you know, who cares, Cruz said Tuesday during a rally in Fort Worth, Texas, presumably in the mirror before he went on stage. Um, (laughs) But I am. I'm glad he's on a first name basis with himself, at least. You gotta be. Imagine calling yourself like Mr. Edwards when you addressed yourself in your head. Uh, Quote, but I am and I will be. That's my father's name. (laughs) Call me Dr. Edwards. One day. (laughs) Call me Dr. Edwards one day, please. Um, <laughs> quote, but I am and I will be. And if you're not taking care of that, this is your party. So for me, the way it's broken is, you know, this was the first primary. And then I think it's over. <laughs> He's not sure how any of this election stuff works. And if we there win the- <laughs> many primaries in, he's like, I, this is the first one. And then I think it's over. <laughs> and if we win the election, I think that's a lot of I think that that's a lot of people are going to say, wow, how do you do it? <laughs> that sounds like a real quote. And if we win, we don't win the election. During an oh. appearance. <laughs> so he doesn't want to be president. He, he, he did not well, want yeah, it. He's changing the what success is like winning yeah. doesn't. Winning means not winning the election. Yeah. So either I'll win the election or I'll win. Yeah. Uh, during an appearance at the University of South Florida, Cruz said he was, quote, hopeful that he could, quote, win in the general election. Okay. I, he, yeah, he has a really uh, intangible definition of the word win. <laughs> All right. Do you think that's a... Win. Just, you know, not win the election, but yeah. win in it. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to feed this back to Grover. I don't want to go too far on any of these so that we can... Uh, Get quite a few in. I'm thinking Grover will be able to identify that that's neural net. I think probably. Okay, we are detecting fake news. And he says, we are quite sure this was written by a machine. Hmm, that's a, uh, I like the little speaking mannerism there. Like, yeah. oh, I'm quite sure. <laughs> that's, that's what we got. 
All right, good. Nicely done. Do you want to, uh, here, I can send you this uh, random date generator if you would like to. Sure, yeah, I'll play along. I'll play along. I'll, I'll play along I'll with play this charade. little game. All right, I got quite a date here. What September 13th, 1971. Ooh, okay. A four-day inmate's rebellion at Attica Correctional Facility in upstate New York ended as police and guards stormed the prison. Oh, shit. This ordeal and final assault claimed 43 lives oh my god that's awful (laughs) okay the two most watched tv programs about this (laughs) uprising were fox's daredevil starring jessica jones (laughs) and fox's fruitvale station which aired three years from 2003 to 2006 Oh, that is three years. The series drew nearly 7 million viewers from 4,700 locations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. That's an That's interesting not a lot breakdown. of locations for that many people. No, but it's highly concentrated amounts of people in those locations. But with no indication that a third show about an ex-detainee who's been on the run for two decades will be in the works for more than a year. Those who know Jones say there will be plenty of speculation about a potential return to the series running to the series running time in a way that is no longer accurate. <laughs> okay. Quote, I was kind of shocked and disappointed, said, said Matt Lafer, the director of Daredevil and Fruitvale Station. <laughs> okay, I've never heard of Fruitvale Station in my life. Is that real? I think it is, but I don't know. There's a lot of speculation about who will go back and who is going to go back. It's just completely unrealistic for someone who had been in the 60s and 70s and who lives in this country to be on the stand, this far away planet and this country, and it's just like completely out of context. Where did it even get Fruitvale Station from? It's a 2013 American biographical drama about the death of Oscar Grant, a young man who was killed in 2009 by BART police officer Johannes Messerl. I guess the killed by a police officer part? I guess. Yeah, Grover just spotted this one a mile away. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Is that what he said? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) I wish. I wish I was kidding, man. I wish I was mad. How about May 11th, 1969? All right, yeah. Something must have happened in May of 69. Would that have been like Woodstock? Maybe. Is this really on this very day? How could... uh, I'm looking at a website called onthisday.com for this very date. It's telling me that, that May 11th of 1969... Uh, British comedy troupe Monty Python forms made up of Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin. Um, how would, why, this is the day they formed? Why is that so unlikely? Like, why would we know the day they formed? I, I guess that's a good question. I'll go with it. Okay, um... British comedy troupe Monty Python forms made up of all those people. Then in parentheses, this is added by Right With Transformer. In parentheses, they are all British. (laughs) This year's lineup includes a string of well-known and influential musicians such as Steve Earle, the Rolling Stones' Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) That was a possessive Rolling Stones. Jimi Hendrix belongs to them in this world, apparently. Neil Young, John Lennon, Robert Plant, and Paul McCartney. I I like putting Robert Plant between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. to separate them a little bit. <laughs> the Fab Three. <laughs> yeah. Um, these include Mark Ronson, The Strokes' Dave Grohl, 
R&B star James Brown and Elvis Presley. Uh, so yeah, I, I remember Monty Python being more of a uh, a kind of big uh, conglomerate, not uh, not the the kind of singular um, comedy troupe that we all think it to be. Do you remember the days when it was just like a big old uh, jam band of <laughs> every name? That oh there yeah, ever and was? it was more like Live Aid or something, where it was just every yeah. famous person you've ever heard of. Yes, exactly. Uh, the band is known for their comedy <laughs> and, and their slam and their quote slam dots, the kind of song that gives the singer pause to take in the air. There was, they were also <laughs> known for their nostalgia. Their first full album, 1997's Bitter Summer, came out at the same time they were going on tour with Britney Spears, Joni Mitchell, Tina Turner, and the Sex Pistols. <laughs> Wow, they really just toured with everyone famous. They toured with everyone famous. The tour the tour also included appearances from Michael Jackson, Nicki Minaj, Ty Sheridan, Neil Diamond, Gary. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Gary. Nicki Minaj, the Black Eyed Peas, Lady Gaga, and Katy Perry. And Gary. And Gary. It was the first time that an American comedy band was making its way out of Australia. And one of the last... Many had made their way in, but few (laughs) made their way out. Nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes out. And one one of the last times the band had gone to Australia. All right. So we've got a lot going on here. There's a lot of people in uh, Monty Python from May 11th, uh, 1969. I gotta say, I think Rover's gonna find this one out too. Yep. He called me an idiot. He just straight up said that. He said I was an idiot. Very well, rude. I turned on your speakers yeah. and said, "You're yeah. an idiot." Yeah, that's what he, that that was a good Grover impression. Well, it didn't. Say, no, that's a bad Grover impression. It would have said, "You are an idiot." <laughs> that's true. You are an idiot. Do you know that I have the key? The to, one thing um... we know about Grover. <laughs> you wanna you wanna hit me with another date? Yep, I just got November tenth, twenty thirteen. Oh, I was. Can you remember what was going on November tenth, twenty thirteen? November tenth, twenty thirteen. There's a very good chance we recorded a podcast. No, there's not because we weren't in. There's high an school. okay chance. There's an okay chance, but no, there's not because we that was our that was the beginning of college for us, right? Not not high school. Yeah, there's an okay chance. I don't think we did TBNL first semester uh, of, of there's college. There's an okay chance. <laughs> there's an okay chance. <laughs> 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 I'm glad you agree with me. Um, you may remember that as the day that Spaniard Mark Marquez won the 2013 MotoGP World Championship to become the youngest ever winner at 20. How could I forget? You know I'm trying to forget. Yeah. <laughs> Spaniard Mark Marquez became the first, became the youngest ever winner at 20. We are young. In the 2013 MotoGP World Championship, Mark Marquez became became its youngest ever winner. What is He was this? 17 years old when he raced in the 2013 MotoGP World Championship. Wow, it put three whole years on him. And he won the race with a two hour, two minute, 49 second time and an impressive eight. <laughs> that must be lingo I'm not familiar with. And an impressive 8.54 second victory time. Wait. <laughs> what? Wait a second. No, nothing. It all checks out. Mark is one of only 10 riders who have been among the top 20 overall riders in the 2013 World Championship. Okay, 
Okay. Mark also finished fourth in the 2011 World Championship Challenge and fifth in the 2011 MotoGP World Champion Challenge. What What are we, are we talking about car racing here? I think it's like uh, BMX. Oh, okay. I'll look that up though. It is... The story of a girl. Mm, it, it is the story <laughs> of a girl who rode a motorcycle around the whole world. In 80 days? That's all. In a time of 8.54 seconds. <laughs> She's absolutely awesome. When she shreds. Uh, he has also been the youngest winner of all five World MotoGP events of 2012. Wow. Finishing third. I didn't know there were five in uh, 2012. And he was the youngest winner finishing third. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he was the youngest winner to finish third. In 2012, Mark was named as the MotoGP world champion by Italian media as his last podium as his last podium finish in the race. What does that mean? So he finished for the last time in the top three, but the Italian media media named him the champion anyway. I don't think he's a real champion. <laughs> he, I think he's just like local hero. Yeah, Italian media was like, he's our champion. He will be wearing the 2013 MotoGP world champion jersey. I mean, anybody can wear the jersey. Let's, uh, let's see if Grover can spot a fake here. Grover's a big MotoGP fan, so. He might be biased. Yeah, he said this is fake dumb, useless. Oh my God, he's so rude. Yep. I mean, that's the price of uh, of learning, I guess. I, I guess. They always say knowledge has a price. All right, I've got September 10th, 1986. Hmm, do you remember the 10th day of September? I do not. In 1986. <laughs> Brian O'Connor named chairman of Space Flight Safety Panel. I just keep giving myself new dates because this is just, it just turns out most days nothing happened. Nothing happened. How about December 23rd, 2008? Oh man, right before Christmas of 08. Right, do you remember where you were? Probably school, right? Like we would yeah. have to go to school the day before uh, Christmas Eve. 2008, so what? Eighth we grade. We were in eighth grade, yeah. Fine here. We were in Bo Burnham's eighth grade. We were. That was when, that was because he did that, he shot that movie like boyhood style. And so. Gucci Gucci. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen. I was going to say, I've never seen boyhood. I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a th that was the quote they kept saying in boyhood. Gucci Gucci. <laughs> in every single uh, era. Oh, Eric oh, Charles. I got one that I want to throw in there. All right. All right, Eric Charles Twelves Twelves Wilson, English British Army <laughs> neural net, <laughs> uh, English British Army officer awarded Victoria Cross dies at ninety six. Very boring, but I had yeah, to read okay. Eric Charles Twelves Wilson. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me that? Grover is just an AI way to play real net Nick without, without another person. Yeah. I guess Here, why don't I give this one? Go ahead. Keep looking. Yeah. Uh, this is August 27th, 1990. Uh, first, I want you to tell me some info about this before Right With Transformer does. WWF SummerSlam, Ultimate Warrior beats Rick Rude. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, that was... What do you think each guy's, like, gimmick is? Okay, what, what the fuck? Rick Rude? Yeah. Rick Rude. Um, he was probably pretty rude, I'm guessing. Um, like, cuts people off in traffic or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just mildly rude. He's just, like... If, like, someone brings in, like, uh, 
you know, dessert to the office. He's like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. An ultimate warrior. Ultimate warrior. Uh, he won um, America. America? <laughs> he won America. He won America. <laughs> he won America's heart. Yeah, I uh, know. He he won the uh, uh, America Ninja. American win... Nin- win... 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 What? Jesus Christ. American Winja Norrier. Yeah, he won that. And that, yeah, because I, I remember back in the 90s, it was like the, the prize for winning that that television competition that definitely existed back then um, was you would get to be a pro wrestler for just a year and then and that's it. You can never return to wrestling after that year. That's it. This is all accurate. Yep. And and it was uh, like, so there's yeah, two. everybody, um, there was always an Ultimate Warrior, but every year it kind of switched over depending on who won that year. Mm, yeah. And every year they would say, if I'm the Ultimate Warrior, why will there be another warrior next year? Right. And then they would kill him at the end. Surely so. I'm not even the penultimate warrior. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that guy, the Ninja Warrior, beat the guy who was slightly rude. Yes. Yeah. So WWF SummerSlam, Ultimate Warrior beats Rick Rude. Number one rated, number one rated. Oh, good. Two days later, it goes on to beat Chris Jericho to win the WWE Tag Team Championship and win the NXT Tag Team Titles Championship. Wow. But it is a little late for the title. So first of all, quit calling Ultimate Warrior it. <laughs> uh, interesting that he won the tag team title alone. Yeah, that would. That's a what year made after him so the show, great. it gets back on the news that it has been canceled. Very rude, and that it was never going to make it to the WWE SummerSlam. Was this written by Rick Rude? Three thirty-six p.m., three thirty-five p.m. WWE SummerSlam. Ultimate Warrior is on the move again. On the this move. This time, he is on vacation. As oh no, I hit the button. Oh no, and it went away. This time, he is getting some help from a friend who had the chance to get him help and get some of the best wrestlers he has ever been to. (laughs) He was so happy with his performance, and I thought this was great. He even gets to wrestle Hulk Hogan as the new champion. Then we get some more footage of his life, and I have to say I am extremely impressed with his work ethic and effort on the wrestling field. Wow, the wrestling field! 2.56 2.56 p.m. The new WWE champion has been, been in the ring it's for Bing over Crosby. 10 years now. <laughs> it's Bing Crosby. No, did you hear that? The new yeah. WWE champion has been in the ring for over 10 years now. It's a long time. And I love that it is still in action, that it is still in action. Oh. Now it was like watching a game of chess where the players take the position and the opponent moves up on his or her board and then the game ends in the winner winning. Three winners winning. <laughs> Grover says, what are you even doing anymore? We're just trying to play a game, man. Chill out. Rick Rude. More like Grover Rude. More like Grover Grumpy. Am mm, I right? More like I am Groot. More like it. All right. I've got, I've actually got something. We've got March 11th, 2015. Ooh. Do you remember where you were? I was probably in London. I mean, I was definitely, definitely in, London. in London. Um, I was at school. Actually, we might have been trying to secure Harry Potter and the Cursed Child tickets at the time. We might. We have might have been. done a podcast that day. We might have done a podcast that day. It, that wow, was actually it's crazy that for you can look back six years into the past and with some certainty be like. 
was probably doing a podcast that day. <laughs> I actually know where I might have been. Um, I might have been in doing a podcast. Yeah, maybe because we well we were that that was my that was around my spring break that year. Um, and mm. we went to a cabin in North Carolina where you and I did, you weren't there, but we did record a podcast while, <laughs> while I was there. So maybe we recorded uh, the podcast. The lengths we go to do a podcast. Yep. Um, ooh, okay. We've got something good here. Clinton says private email account was quote, for convenience, not secrecy. Uh, yes. This oh, is the sort yes. of thing that might be able to pull one over on Grover. It's true. All right, I'm going to, I've got- Pull over, Miss Grover. <laughs> I've got some good text here, so I'm going to grab some of it. Okay. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> Hope you like that ad. Um, mm, Casper mattresses. <laughs> mm-mm. Blue apron. <laughs> mm-mm-mm. I love me some Casper mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> yum 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 <laughs> delivered right to my house where i can eat them every night <laughs> they deliver a new mattress every night and they're like what are you doing with all these mattresses and i say don't worry about it just keep them coming <laughs> the last one was a little overdone <laughs> they're like what and i'm like don't worry about it keep them coming all right <laughs> i say fake written by ai <laughs> written by an idiot <laughs> <laughs> okay um all right so uh here's the the text uh the the actual text for this this is clinton says private email account was for convenience not secrecy former secretary of state and presumed democratic presidential candidate hillary clinton has spoken out for the first time on the controversy surrounding her personal email account clinton used a private account rather than a government one during her state department tenure and her aides failed to preserve her emails on government servers in a possible violation of federal law now right with trent Tormer takes over the issue is not addressed in the Clinton Foundation email chain in question. Clinton said the issue came down to the fact that she had no control over what was sent and received to and from her personal email account. She was also unaware that all government information was sent and received from the personal account. All government information. All of it. Um, <laughs> Hillary, Hillary was then compelled to produce copies of personal emails to federal officers, a policy she opposed. Clinton's <laughs> policy... Um, Clinton said that she was unaware that the government is required to produce this information at the same time that the government agencies provided their own records for law enforcement agencies. You can't just, this is a quote, you can't just put everything on the internet. All government agencies that are not doing your job that you know are in the wrong hands or are in a viol violation of your privacy and then use that as a reason for secrecy and secrecy and secrecy. She said, we were doing really good until just <laughs> And secrecy and secrecy and more secrecy. And even more secrecy. Um, I'm, I'm going to see what he's got to say about this, Grover. He... I can't even say what he said to me. It is so mean. He said it was fake, but he said it in a really mean way. I don't even... Mm, I, I would, it, did he ask you if you're a triggered lib or something? <laughs> Worse than that. I can't... I, I cannot even... I'm not even going to repeat it. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe they're making bots like this. I know. This is... This is... Yeah. If this is the future of bots, I don't want it. Yeah, if this is the future, send me all the way back to August 11th, 1983. Please send me there. Ooh, here's a date that might be fun. December 23rd, 1999. Ooh. Do you remember where you were? Probably at home <laughs> as a child. <laughs> Probably right before at Christmas. Home. Um, yeah, 1999. Um, 
I was blissfully unaware of Y2K. So that's what was going on. My parents were probably like thinking that Wouldn't they were going to die. Wouldn't it be weird die. if you were a four-year-old who was like real like into <laughs> Y2K? Like my parents were not, but I was like, no guys, seriously, this is some serious shit. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start getting beans. <laughs> That was a good impression of me as a child. Beans. I want beans. <laughs> I smell like beans. <laughs> uh, nothing happened on that date. Oh, what? They just stopped making news because I thought the world was going to end. But what about my bean jokes? <laughs> wow, I just got May 21st, 2019. Ooh, what happened? Where Do you remember we where you were? doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was right before I went to Dublin. Huh. Right? Yeah, it was like a week before. Yeah. Indonesian president-elect Joko Widodo confirmed as winning re-election, okay. defeating Prabowo Subianto with a 55.5% of the vote. Winning 55.5% of the vote, including his sister-in-law and son-in-law, <laughs> Jokowi Prabowo. Oh, good. Subianto's victory will be remembered for the way he helped make it through the political turmoil of his own right. With the help of the ruling Social Democrats. So, again, Subianto was not the winner. <laughs> okay. As Prime Minister of the region, he was responsible for the passage of the, quote, don't lie law, <laughs> which mandated that police in the state should never reveal their identities in public. Uh, okay. Um, wait. So how do you think that law, like, why is it called the don't lie law, but, like, that's what it means? <laughs> Um, so the police all have real identities and like alter egos. Oh, okay. They're all kind of like, they have like alter egos are made up. So when he says don't reveal your identity, he means don't tell anyone your alter ego. Okay. Because that would be lying because you just made that shit up. And that would be so weird. You fucking nerds. Just be the cops. You're not superheroes. Exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, not to reveal their identities in public, okay. but the ruling social democrats were quick to label Subianto a racist, pointing out that he was once known as a pro-EU supporter, <laughs> and that he supported the idea of expanding international security and investment. Again, this is Indonesia, right. not in the EU. Yeah. And that he was once really into superheroes back in the day, and now that they're <laughs> hot shit, <laughs> he fancies himself tweet, a hipster. Bobo said... Quote, I will fight against corruption, terrorism, anti-Semitism, xenophobia, hate, and violence. Okay. I will not bow down to fear of people that... I will not bow down to the fear of people and the fear of my country. Okay. On Thursday, the head of the European Central Bank, Mario Draghi, confirmed Subianto's win telling Reuters, we will not let him down. We will continue working for the Euro. <laughs> Everybody's we must work like, together as a group to overcome the difficulties in Europe. Everybody is like, why? <laughs> There's nothing in to the do In the second sign of his progress, he gave a public speech at the opening ceremony of the bank's new office in Vienna, thanking the citizens who voted for him. This one, going the in, the newly elected Indonesian president going to Vienna to thank people for voting for him. <laughs> this guy's just a real europhile. Rover said, "We are quite sure this was written by a human." Just Ooh. kidding! It was written by a machine. You idiot! Oh, I thought that that one actually had a chance. <laughs> that one didn't go too crazy, but I guess it well, was. Grover fake is as just hell. too wise, too woke. Oh. 
Okay, July 18th, 2018. Do you know where you were? Oh, almost definitely uh, sitting at home feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> oh no, by then I would have gotten an offer to come to UCD. Yeah. So probably looking for the house I'm currently living in <laughs> or emailing the lady who owns it. Uh, yeah, July 18th. Hmm. I don't know what I was doing in July. Last summer was think, pretty dismal for uh, me We too. visited in August yeah. for prom. Hell when yeah. did we go tubing? July? No, that was the night before prom. The night, not the night. Oh, no, that was us. the day of prom. We went tubing oh and then Im- immediately. We do too much shit. <laughs> do why don't we ever? Shit. Why don't we ever just like sit on the couch? Because like we do that other times. <laughs> oh, husband and wife duo busted in high end Russian hooker ring. July eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Hmm. I was gonna say, is this uh, Carla and Paul and Carla? Is that a thing? Yeah. Homolka? Husband and wife duo busted in high-end Russian hookering. A flamboyant husband and wife pimp team orchestrated a high-end prostitution ring through a website called Russian Dolls, Manhattan authorities say on Wednesday. That sounds, <laughs> the Russian Dolls part sounds very realistic. Yeah. Well, this is all real. This is real. Uh-huh. Yevgen Rizanov and Ksenia Kodukina both 29, flew women from Russia to New York as part of a, quote, sophisticated long-term operation promoting prostitution. <laughs> promoting prostitution. <laughs> uh, said assistant attorney James Lynch. Oh, God. This is... The the ring of... This is from... This is the Transformer. The ring of Russian prostitutes and... <laughs> the ring of Russian prostitutes and a Russian doll were, quote, furnished with highly desirable goods, Lynch said. They allegedly went to New York to visit their daughters. The girls were being paid as little as $5 per day, Lynch said. The women said they worked in New York for more than a year, where they were arrested and brought to Manhattan. A source told the Associated Press that the girls were paid around $12 to $14 an hour for their work, and one... So somewhere between $5 (laughs) a day and $14 an hour. Yeah, and one paid $11 an hour to escort them, while another paid $4 an hour. The two men had ties to the Russian mafia, the most powerful group of organized crime groups that has a deep connection to Russia. <laughs> the Russian mafia has a connection to Russia. Crazy. Um, you wouldn't think. Uh, the, the, they allegedly had a $5,000 fortune. A $5,000 <laughs> fortune. <laughs> uh, even if you had that all in $1 bills, it wouldn't look like that much. <laughs> In the Russian mafia during a decade. $5,000 fortune for one whole decade. That's like working a minimum wage job for a couple months. Uh, The Russian victims of the pimps, some of whom were under 24, were sent to prison for a short time, then released and put into care, according to federal prosecutors. Let's let's see what Grover has to say about this. I don't think he's going to like it. $5,000 fortune. Yeah, he just went back to calling me an idiot again. I think he felt a little bad about that last one he did. Uh, that's Yeah, that's good that he at least toned it down a little. All right, you want to do one more and then call it a sure. day? Sure. Ooh, two good music uh, facts here. Ooh. This is June 10th, 1966. Ooh. Janis Joplin's first live concert, the Avalon Ballroom in San Francisco. Oh, shit, very cool. But instead, I'm going to go with 
The Beatles paperback writer is released in the UK. Oh, hell yeah. That is very notable. That's a pretty cool musical day. It really Janis is. Janis Joplin and the Beatles both doing stuff. All right. The Beatles paperback writer is released in UK cinemas on Friday, <laughs> January 13th. <laughs> okay. The song is one of the most iconic songs in British rock and roll history, featuring an early version of I'll Take Care of Myself. And a song which has become a si- a standard in popular songcraft. A sick standard. It was first used by Jimi Hendrix on his 1968 hit, We Will Rock You, <laughs> before it was turned into It's All You Have to Do in 1973. Oh, wow. What a history of that song. I did not know that Jimi Hendrix original, like, I, I did not know that We Will Rock You was a Jimi Hendrix cover. Yeah, and it was originally spun out from Paperback Writer. That's, wow, every... Nothing's original, right? I mean, like, it's just everybody's yeah. inspired by everybody. Uh, it is available via streaming on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, cool. And Stitcher! The song was featured <laughs> on the Sunday Times in 1973 and the New York Times in April se- 1975 and the New Yorker in November 1975. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I didn't know that Stitcher was branching out into just, like, singular mu- like, just, just music... <laughs> Just music playing, yeah, just right? Songs. The songs. They don't have um, them all. It's interesting too that the song was used on three different like newspapers and magazines. Yeah. How? How? I mean, was it like there's birthday cards that you yeah. open and it plays a song? Yeah. Before streaming, what were you gonna do? How are you gonna publish a song in a magazine? Yeah, you open the New York Times and it just starts paperback writer. Yeah. And you're like, I get it. This is a paper. Yeah. Exactly. The Beatles also sang it in their 1976 tour of Europe. But it was not the first song to be used. You may have forgotten that the Beatles got back together in 1976 for a European tour. Yeah, it was very, very brief. Um, but I, I, I kind of remember that a little bit. They didn't like do any, it was anything a, new. It was not even really a tour so much as they all happened to be on the same plane at the mm-hmm, same time. Yeah. But like none of them planned that. Yeah, and they all they saw each other and they were like, hey guys for old time's sake and then they yeah they they played a show right they're there, like yeah. isn't ringo's like isn't this technically a european tour and then they never spoke again yeah <laughs> he said that at the end of the like they played together they jammed out a little bit then he said that and they all kind of like looked at each other and remembered why they fucking broke up in the first place and then <laughs> and never, it was ringo yeah. <laughs> they never spoke to each other again yeah and Beatles sang it on their 1976 tour of Europe, but it was not the first song to be used by the band. <laughs> used. I'm a Kid, released on <laughs> August 6, 1979, is the single based on the book. Oh, I love I'm a I kid, love that song. A Kid Who Has Never Been a Kid. I am a kid. I am a kid. I am the kid kid. The song is one of the most famous song lyrics ever written. It, it which one? I am a kid. I am a yeah, kid. Yeah, I mean, based on the book, I am a kid, a kid who has <laughs> never, been, never a been a kid. It's like really sad sounding, actually. Yeah, I don't want to think about that <laughs> one too much. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can fool Grover. I think we might. We might get him on this one. Nope. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you say? What do you say? Can I bear it? He said, uh, "I am the Grover. You are a dumb man." <laughs> You are a dumb woman. I guess that was to you. Oh, God. Goo 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 How did he even know? Grover is, okay, Grover's a cool tool, but he's really rude. He's really mean. Um, listen, Grover's Allen cool Institute, tool. make him Too nicer. Cool for school. He's, yep, he is that's a cool Grover tool. for you. 
That's what I call him. I think he's a Rick Rude. Yeah, I that's I think he's a very Rick Rude. Um <laughs> and a very rude Rick. <laughs> um Grover is cool. Um he's cool. Grover is cool and if you didn't get it, we were doing a he's, bit. It doesn't actually insult mean. you when you put <laughs> when you put fake news in there. It just every single time for both of us said, we are quite sure this was written by a machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our right with Transformer generations were not strong enough to fool Grover. No. That's good, because if any of them did, that would have been alarming. That would have been very alarming. <laughs> it was fun to test out Grover and see that he could detect all of this machine-written news. Um, and we, I think we got some pretty good stories out of this. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always nice to look back on the, on the um, history of... Uh, History of the world and the not-so-world, which is what I call America. The not-so-world. <laughs> um, the mot-so-world. The <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, if, you've, you've got any, uh, if you've got any uh, fake news that you want to, um, to share with us, um, you can do so by, uh, you can email us at robots at backcamp.org. You please only email us fake please news. Please only and don't don't let us know if it's fake or not. We'll just ask Grover. Um and uh yeah, you can also tweet at us at robot typewriter. And we live on a website called Backcamp and our theme song is Video Challenge by Automataguchi. I constantly want to say our video song is that's all, I don't know what is comes theme is challenge. theme challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. And uh, do you know where you were on February 21st, 2011? Ooh, we would have been in what? 11th grade? Yes. 12th grade? No. 10th grade? Yes, 10th grade. Ooh. No, I have no idea where I was on some arbitrary day in high school. <laughs> Tell you where I wasn't making a podcast. Definitely wasn't making a podcast. Um, wasn't even thinking about making a podcast. I was not i was probably not thinking about making a podcast either i was probably listening to a podcast i probably wasn't the only podcast i listened to back then was Mugglecast. cast do a lot of sports and doug loves movies mm. back when me and doug benson were on speaking terms mm. <laughs> english rock band deep purple will release a record single of the song hush in support of uk record store day which is the third saturday in what april <laughs> i was singing that song all day today what <laughs> It it's prominently involved in the movie I saw last oh, night. Oh, okay. I hush. I've never hush. I hope this is real. The band released their fifth album, Wonky Boy. <laughs> the record. <laughs> Did my mom name the album? <laughs> the record has been released twice and is now available in North America and Japan. The song is a tribute to their drummer, the Man in Black, <laughs> Johnny Cash. Yeah. yeah, I loved his work on Wonky Boy. Uh, it might not surprise you to learn Wonky Boy is not a real Deep Purple album, but it might surprise you to learn that there's a song called Wonky Boy oh. by an artist called Ice Being. Ice Being? Okay. The song also includes lyrics from Wonky Boy and Hush. The Hush song is a tremendously powerful song. That's the one, right? Yes. Hush, dude. I don't even know what fucking song that is. What song is that? It's Centerfold by Jay Giles Band. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. Beepy next boop, Jude. Hey, Jude.